Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Course. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, uh, Jorge, do you worry much about things from space coming to kill you? Not until right now. Why should I? Well, uh, it depends. Depends on what? Well, if there was nothing you could do to prepare for it or prevent it, would you still want to know? Uh, yeah, I think so. It'd be nice to know um, so I can get my things in order and, you know, get a couple finish that uh, TV series I was, I've been watching. In that case, I highly recommend you pay attention to this episode of our podcast because it's going to prepare you. Wait, should I listen to the episode or finish my TV series? I'm confused. <laughs> what should I do, Daniel? I imagine How you're watching TV while we're recording this episode. You do sound distracted sometimes. <laughs> Well, I say I should multitask. <laughs> exactly. There's a, you know, death from space is coming, so you got to get stuff done. I feel like the universe is huge, and there's, there's a million things out there that can kill us instantly at any time. Are, are you saying there's something in particular I should be worried about? Stay tuned. Find out. I'm Jorge. I'm a cartoonist and the creator of the comic strip Piled Higher and Deeper, or PhD Comics. He's also a shill for big banana corporations, but you'll hear more about that later. I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist and a part-time podcast host and amateur baker. Yes, and also a shill for Marvel Comics and... DC, whatever, man. I'm totally a DC guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he sold out to Marvel, because it's the most successful, more successful franchise. Oh, I am still waiting for that check, by the way, for selling out to Marvel. Uh, I think I think they're waiting for um, uh, Tony Stark to sign it. <laughs> yeah, well, I was fact-checking their Pym Particle episodes, and uh, I sent them a mm. long list of corrections and never heard back. So maybe I'm really? just, maybe they don't want to hear from me anymore. <laughs> I know the scientific advisor of the Ant-Man movies. He's a buddy. So I could I, we could just have a, a whole podcast with him. Really? Because I got a few things to say about the Pym Particle and the quantum realm. Now, he's a quantum physicist. Are you sure you're up for the, for the challenge? <laughs> Well, he's either right or he's wrong. There's no in-between, right? <laughs> no, he is. He's both. No, he's right and wrong at the same time. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Anyway, this is our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. A production of iHeartRadio, where we talk about all the amazing and mysterious things that are, that are out there in the universe that may or may not kill you instantly. That's Good right. Stuff, sometimes we talk about important. the real universe. Sometimes we talk about the Marvel universe or the DC universe or the banana universe. What? Ever is interesting today. 
Yeah, and so today on the podcast, we are going to talk about a very interesting topic. That's right. Today's topic is gamma ray bursts. A bunch of listeners wrote in and asked us to explain gamma ray bursts. What are they? Can they kill us? Can they really turn Bruce Banner into the Hulk? What's going on? Please break it down. Wait, gamma ray bursts? I thought we were talking about Billy Ray Cyrus. I thought, (laughs) isn't that the weird thing from space that we're... No, Billy Ray Cyrus's career is based on getting um, irradiated by gamma ray bursts. That's the connection. <laughs> he used to be a mild-mannered singer, and then he got gamma rays, and now he's like the crazy Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, all right. And so gamma rays are involved. <laughs> gamma and so rays are, I totally made that up. That is completely fabricated. I, uh, I apologize to Billy Ray Cyrus and all of his fans for implying that a mere mortal could not have written that music. <laughs> the Hokey Pokey. <laughs> what was the name of the song? He didn't write the Hokey Pokey. Um, anyway, but, but gamma rays do play a big role in the Marvel Universe, right? Because mm. back when gamma rays were the crazy thing people were worried about, it showed up in comic books all the time. And that's how Bruce Banner got turned into the Hulk. That's right. And I'm surprised you know this fact about the Marvel Universe. I thought you were a DC guy. Well, you know, Marvel is not paying me, so I figured I'd do some research. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, yeah, so he uh, he gets irradiated by gamma rays in some kind of accident, and that's what turns him into the Hulk. And so these are like magic, mysterious rays, right? That's right. And, you know, I got to wonder about this origin story of the Hulk. Like, do you think they're trying to make it seem like it's his fault, like crazy scientist just wants to learn about the universe doesn't care about the risks to humanity gets irradiated like is that like a moral punishment like tisk tisk you shouldn't be playing with these forces you don't understand yeah for sure wait are you saying that uh, comic books can have like literary uh you know secret messages and <laughs> themes and uh, they're definitely there's definitely literary i don't know if it's so secret though i just wonder about like how it was interpreted at the time you know like are scientists like the leading edge they're bringing us into the atomic age look at all the wonderful things we're getting out of science or is it like i'm kind of scared of science uh, scientists don't seem trustworthy look at all the crazy stuff they're doing Mm, I think it was a, it's supposed to be kind of a take on, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, this scientist who's trying to understand things and playing maybe with things he doesn't quite fully understand. And then he he gets turned into a superhero and into a multi-billion dollar franchise. So it kind of worked out for the scientists. Yeah, so the, the lesson is everybody should do crazy radiation experiments in their basement, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, gamma rays do feature a lot in, in comics from a long time ago, and they are a real thing. Gamma rays really are a real thing, and gamma ray bursts are a real thing. And so we thought it'd be fun to do an episode where we explain it. Um, it turns out that they are quite a scientific puzzle. Um, for a long time, physicists have not understood where they came from and what's generating them. Yeah, and should we be worried about them? Yeah, should we worry about them? Exactly. And um, Are we all going to turn into the Hulk? <laughs> and how do you feel about that anyway? And should you watch your TV yeah, show? what if I don't like green? Well, you mean, what happens if you turn into the Hulk and you have all those TV shows recorded? Do you think the Hulk likes to watch the same TV show as you do? <laughs> do you need like separate DVRs for when you're in Hulk mode, when you're not in Hulk mode, you know? I don't think the Hulk would... Um, get past, you know, the pilot episode of most TV shows, you know, he'd probably smash the TV right away. Hulk, Hulk says smash. no. <laughs> no stars Hulk from says Hulk. no unnecessary dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like how my son reviews most television shows. <laughs> oh, really? Too much talking? <laughs> Too much talking. Where's the action? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But they, they sound pretty cool, gamma rays, right? They gamma do. rays. I mean, it sounds like some sort of new kind of ray energy. Yeah, exactly. Does it have a positive connotation to you? Like, oh my God, look at this amazing source of energy, all the good we can do for the world? Or does it have a negative connotation? Like, is this a weapon that's going to kill me? I think it just sounds like a, something out of science fiction, you know? Like if you called it like um, puppy dog rays, I'd be like, oh, that's cute <laughs> and safe. Or if you called puppy it like a... You know, what kind of superhero? Uh, ca- cancer-inducing rays. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I can't let that, that go. I can't let that go. What If a scientist is experimenting with puppy dog rays and gets irradiated, what kind of superhero does he turn into? <laughs> this, the, the Hulk puppy? Yeah, the hush puppy. <laughs> Goes around licking everybody, snuggling with them? The, the husky. The husky, there you go. The husky, Turns into the husky. Exactly. It's exactly. a green husky, which sounds pretty adorable. 
But uh, no, yeah, they sound mysterious. They sound very sci-fi, right? Like gamma. And like all you have to do is pick a Greek letter and marry <laughs> it to like a scientific uh, physics term, and you have something sci-fi. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you're right. It does sound Beta very particles. science fiction-y, but the cool thing about it is that it's actually also science-y. Like, there's a lot of really interesting science behind gamma ray bursts. Yeah, and a big mystery, right? There was a big mystery about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I was wondering what people knew about gamma ray bursts. Were they worried about them? Do they know what they mean? Do they know what a gamma ray is at all? So as usual, Daniel went out there and asked people on the street, random strangers, what they thought a gamma ray was. And these interviews happened partially on the campus of UC Irvine and also partially at the Irvine Spectrum. So you're going to get a selection of students and random people. What's the Irvine Spectrum? What's the Irvine Spectrum? Oh my God, how do you not know about that? People like, <laughs> like the, people uh, like fly from range, Japan to The range of beige mall. colors in, in, in Orange County? Is it like the range from <laughs> dark beige to <laughs> dark beige? beige. I never realized the dramatic irony of Irvine calling anything a spectrum because there is no spectrum. You're right. Um, no, it's a big mall here in, in uh, Irvine. People mm. actually like fly here from Japan, stay in a hotel and Go just shop at the mall and then like fly back. It's crazy. Really? Is it like a fancy or is it like a mega Minnesota Mall of the Americas? I'm not the right person to evaluate malls. I spend as little time in them as possible. Mm. I was there uh, because my kids were on spring break and I took them to a movie. And while they were in the movie, I interviewed people about gamma rays. You didn't go into the movie with them? No, no. I uh, stood outside looking like a weirdo asking people weird science questions. All right. Well, those of you at home, uh, think about it for a second. If you, if a random physicist approached you outside of a movie theater in a fancy mall and asked you, what is a gamma ray, what would you say? <laughs> Step away, sir. <laughs> You'd say, I didn't fly here from Japan just to answer your questions. <laughs> security, security. <laughs> uh, one fascinating thing is that on campus at UCI, 99% of people will answer my questions, whereas at the spectrum, mm. only like 1 in 10 are willing to answer questions. Really? Huh. Yeah. I wonder why that, why that is. I don't know. So here's what people had to say. Uh, first question is, have you ever heard of a gamma ray burst? Do you know what that is? No. No? Don't know, but I've heard of it. Because it definitely has to do something with UV light. It's like a sun ray, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's just, I know that it uh, modifies like your DNA or something. Like it just blasts your DNA and it could cause some damage to you, like severely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's about it, but not too into it. Gamma rebirth, a kind of gam? Or, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yes, but the star explodes and... It'll emit a lot of frequency of photons, and if it be a large explosion, then the frequency will be high. It will be gamma ray explosion, something. Okay, and is it something to worry about? I don't think it will be that powerful that makes us worry. Depends on how close the star is. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm not sure. All right. Is that something to do with the stars? Or? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's when the sun explodes or something, right? Is it, some, is it something to worry about? I, I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. All right, so a pretty binary response, right? Most people <laughs> said no, or they knew all about it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people never heard about them, or like it tickled something in their brain maybe, but they were not able to say anything uh, concrete mm. about it. But some folks clearly had done some reading, yeah. But nobody mentioned the Hulk? <laughs> no, nobody mentioned the Hulk. Um, though, you know, mm. I've been uh, bulking up recently, so I was sort of digging for compliments there, but no, I didn't get any. <laughs> Did you paint yourself green as well? <laughs> No, that, um, you're not allowed to be green in Irvine. It's only beige allowed. Oh, the beige Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That would be the Irvine version. So that sound, they sound pretty mysterious, gamma rays. Um, uh, so what are they, Daniel? Let's break it down for people. What are gamma rays? So in the end, a gamma ray is not as exotic as it sounds. It's just a kind of photon. So remember, photons are the particle that carry electromagnetic radiation. So all light, you know, radio waves to visible light to X-rays and all the way up to gamma rays, they're all just photons of different frequency. They're just light wiggling at different wavelengths. And we call different parts of the spectrum different things because they were discovered different times or we treat them differently or they're qualitatively different. But in the end, they're all just parts of the electromagnetic spectrum. Hmm. So wait, did they think before that they were different, like a different kind of 
ray or particle? Or was this before they, we even knew about particles? Yeah, before we even knew about particles, we knew about rays. Like we had cathode rays and stuff like that and X-rays. Right. And we didn't understand for a uh -huh. long time that rays were particles. And then later they unified a lot of these different things um, and understood them uh, to all just be parts of the same thing. So they just thought it was like a, just like a different kind of ray. Yeah. Like a different kind of uh, beam of something. Yeah, because particles at different energy, photons at different energy act really different. You know, photons that are the visible wavelength, you can see them. They look green, for example. Uh, photons that are high enough energy to penetrate through you and give you a picture of your bones, you know, we call those X-rays. Uh, they're just photons of a higher energy, but qualitatively they seem different, right? And so before we understood a lot more about how things worked, they, we treated them like different things. But that's, that's the whole goal of physics, right, is to take a bunch of disparate phenomena, things that don't seem related, and discover that they're actually connected. They're all just different parts of the same thing, different sides of the same die. Oh, I guess they thought there were different things because they, they're made differently, right? Like you make cathode rays one way and you make visible light another way and you make gamma rays a different way. And so they thought, hey, these are just different things that come out when you do these other things. Yeah, you make them differently and they behave differently. Like one of them can penetrate through the wall and the other one can't, right? And so if you don't have a microscopic understanding of it, it makes sense to categorize them differently. Mm. Um, so it's pretty cool later when you stitch it all together and realize that these are all just different flavors of the same thing or different colors, quite literally, of the same thing. And gamma rays specifically right. are the very, very high edge of that spectrum. So anything that's, you know, like a million times more energetic than a visible photon, you call it a gamma ray. And it's not like a hard cutoff, not like a little below and like, sorry, you don't get to be a gamma ray. You know, it's sort of a rough thing. Um, but there's no upper limit. Huh. It's, like a, it's like a soft definition. Yeah. Like at exactly. what point does a, a photon become turned from a regular photon to a gamma ray? Well, you know, I think um, photons would be insulted to be called regular photons. You know, they're all special, okay? <laughs> they all can do something that no other photon can do. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. They're all bright, shining points of light. Yeah. I mean, is there some colors that you like more than others, Jorge? Are you, uh, you know, are you a colorist? colorist? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, but I work with a lot of colorists. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You are a cartoonist. You should be pro-color, man. Um, yeah, so you got radio waves, the very, very low edge. And then you got um, mm -hmm. infrared, right, just below what we can see. Then you got the visible spectrum. Wait, radio waves are at the bottom. Radio waves are the very longest wavelengths. They're the lowest energy. Exactly. The way you said at the bottom makes it sound judgmental, you know. <laughs> radio waves are awesome. <laughs> They're super powerful and fantastic and the reasons we can see black holes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, radio waves are at the bottom in terms of energy. Then you get mm. infrared. Then you get the visible spectrum. Then you get right. uh, X-rays, right? And then you get, just above the ultraviolet, you get X-rays. And then you get gamma rays. So gamma rays are the hardest, fastest, most energetic kind of photon you can have. Oh. But they're all photons. Like, they're all the same particle. They're just kind of vibrating differently or... Yeah. The different wavelengths or sizes? What's the difference? Yeah, they're all photons. They all travel at the speed of light, but the difference is the frequency, right? How often they are wiggling, right? Remember, photons are vibrations of the electromagnetic field, right? And they oscillate. And the speed at which they oscillate, that gives you the frequency, right? How many times per second do they go up and down? Does the electromagnetic field oh. go up and down? And, uh, but they're all moving at the speed of light. One radio photon is moving at the same speed as a gamma ray photon. That's right. If you had a race and you had a source of radio waves and a source of gamma rays and you shot them at each other, they would have different energies but move at the same speed. Mm. They all travel at the speed of okay. light, even if they have different energies. That feels kind of weird, right? Because you're used to thinking of energy and speed as closely connected. But this is something different. Mm -hmm. They have no mass and they travel at the speed of light. Um, they all have the same speed, but they have different energies, which means they have different frequencies and different wavelengths, right? The wavelength and the frequency are closely connected. The higher the frequency, the shorter the wavelength. Mm. And uh, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. But first, a quick break. Physicists are famously sticklers for detail. And when it comes to the fine print contracts and hidden fees from wireless providers, I've learned that there's always a catch somewhere. So when I heard that the Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, where's the catch? But now I'm convinced... 
There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online, so they cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass all those savings directly to you. So you can say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. How do you feel about eating plastic? If you went to a restaurant and saw plastic on the menu, would you order it? Well, turns out that we're all eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic every week. Yep, that's right. The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. Yuck. Well, what can we do about it? Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's not complicated. Refillable cleaning products without sacrificing on design. Their products have a beautiful, cohesive style that looks great on your counter. My family got the sampler pack and it already smelled great when we opened the box. Everything works super well, stuff gets really clean, and it's all super easy to use. So it's no extra hassle in our lives and we feel great knowing we're generating less plastic waste. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash universe. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash universe for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash universe to get 15% off. Okay, so gamma rays are photons, but they have uh, not just a little bit, but a lot more energy than the regular photons that we see every day. That's right. A million times. That's, yeah. that's a lot. It's a lot. If I shot gamma rays at you, they would deposit a lot more energy in you than normal light, right? And also they can penetrate into you much further. Like, Well, it would, they would deliver a million times more energy, right? Yeah. Like you need a million photons to be equal to one gamma ray photon. Exactly. And so gamma rays are dangerous. They can't turn you into the Hulk, probably, but they could give you cancer, right? <laughs> they can shatter your DNA and, and all sorts of crazy stuff inside your body. You don't want gamma rays. Okay, so they're just regular photons, but they're they're just uh, in the upper spectrum of light. That's right. They're the high end of the spectrum. They are dangerous, much more dangerous than normal light because they can damage your DNA, right? They can They can mm. cause errors in DNA, which get copied, and that's a big source of cancer. Huh. So what they are is not very mysterious, right? Like we can make them here on Earth. That's right, yeah, exactly. We can make gamma rays here on Earth, um, and gamma rays are produced by radioactive elements all the time, right? They're just high-energy photons from radioactive decays. So there are gamma rays around. One of them just hit you right now. Um, yeah, so gamma rays themselves, not mysterious. We know all about them. We can make them. Mm. Um, the question is... What out there might be making gamma rays? And uh, that's mm. the fascinating part of the story. That's um, the interesting mystery, right? Is that we know that gamma rays are produced when we do experiments with, with nuclear weapons, right? You do, you blow up a nuclear bomb, you're going to produce a lot of gamma rays. So when in the Cold War, when we had treaties with the, with, with the Russians saying, oh, no testing or whatever, we sent up a bunch of satellites to verify that they weren't testing, try to detect gamma rays from nuclear explosions. And um, I don't know if they found any, they haven't released that. But what they did discover is a bunch of gamma rays not coming from the Soviet Union, not coming from somewhere else on Earth, not coming from the mountain volcano lair of some evil villain, but instead coming from deep in space. Hmm. So the mystery is that we're, we're getting bombarded by gamma rays, but we don't know... We didn't know where they came from. Yeah, and the really fascinating thing about them is that it's not like a continual source. It's not just like, you know, the solar wind where it's just like constantly coming. They come in bursts. And that's really interesting because it makes you think like something happened. Something created this. Like 
some big event occurred and must have produced this burst, right? And that's a clue. Mm. It's like, what's going on out there? It feels like a message or a clue about something fascinating that's happening somewhere else in the universe. So what do you mean by a burst? Like uh, we we suddenly um, suddenly were washed by a bunch of gamma rays and then it stops. Yeah, and it, it, exactly. Like a huge pile of them come all at once. You know, it's like a big flash in the sky, like quite literally a big flash in the sky. And then the other fascinating thing is that there are two kinds. There's like short gamma ray bursts, one that la- ones that last much less than a second, like less than half a second. And then there's ones that last like 20 or 30 seconds. Um, and it's not like a continuous range. It's not like, you know, every gamma ray burst is, you know, um, some, somewhere less than 30 seconds and there's a smooth distribution. There's like two bumps if you made a histogram. Like really? A lot of them a lot of them peak at like 0.3 seconds and a lot of them peak at like 30 seconds. So there's definitely two mm-hmm. kinds of bursts happening. It kind of sounds like Morse code. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some very slow message. That's the exciting thing, right? You don't know what's creating this. You don't know what's out there making it. And it could be anything. It could be like some new kind of star you never saw before. Or it could be some bizarre galactic race sending you messages over decades, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Planet Hulk. <laughs> yeah, because um, it's, they're not very common. It's not like they're happening all the time, you know? Um, mm. These days, our estimate is that we about, well, about one per day hits the Earth. So we first detected these in, with uh, Cold War satellites. Yeah, exactly. And what did people think? Like, uh, did they think it was a glitch or? At first, they had no idea. They're like, what? You know, at first, I'm sure they thought, are the Soviets testing in outer space? Maybe they're already at the moon or something, right? Um, oh, we could tell they were coming from outer space. Yeah, we could tell they were coming from outer space. Absolutely. We could tell the direction. And, and, you know, they didn't release a lot of details because all this information comes from, like, classified satellites. Um, as scientists, we sometimes wonder, like, we spent all this money trying to get satellites up in space to answer scientists, scientific questions. But the budget for defense is much bigger. And there's a huge network of defense satellites listening for stuff and telescopes and all sorts of stuff. And we wonder sometimes, like, could we use that network for science? Like, it's so much bigger and more powerful. Of course, it's not designed to do science, but sometimes it can accidentally do science. And that's what happened here. So we don't know a lot of details about the technical capabilities of these Department of Defense satellites. But after a few years, Mm -hmm. the DOD realized, okay, this is not Russians. This is something weird and interesting from outer space. And so they declassified this data and shared it with the scientific community. And that's what they used to discover what they were? Yeah, that was the first hint. And then the scientists were like, we have no idea. What is this? Hmm, let's study it some more. And there's a lesson there also, folks. Like, if the government did discover aliens, they would probably turn it over to the scientific community to help them figure it out, right? That's basically what happened here, right? Weird. <laughs> have you not from watched space. enough Hollywood movies, Daniel? They always try to cover it up. <laughs> yeah, I should be a consultant on some of those Hollywood movies because I have better ideas. So then the scientific community said, well, wow, we have no idea what could be making this. And it was really, it was a puzzle for a long time. So, because um, it, it, uh, they knew it wasn't coming from the sun, right? And these, these weren't just like a small burst. These are really bright bursts, right? That's right. They're really bright. And so the first thing you do in astronomy when you see a signal you don't know what it is, is you try to figure out where it's coming from, right? You point it in the sky. If you can connect it with something in, this, in the sky, then you think, oh, it came from there, right? Pretty simple stuff. So they know it didn't come from the sun. They also didn't seem to be coming from anything in our galaxy, like, we know where we are relative to the galaxy, and so if some signal is being generated by some, like, new kind of star or some activity in our galaxy, it's going to be mostly coming from the direction of the center of the galaxy or the plane of the galaxy, right? But these things were coming from every direction, like random directions. So suggest that it's not something happening in our galaxy, but something coming to us from other galaxies. Wow. So for something to be that far away and for us to feel it and to get so many of these photons it like at the source it must be huge right like it must be like a huge bright explosion yeah absolutely it's kind of scary to think about because these gamma ray bursts they're like as powerful as like a, a star you know when when they hit us the light from the gamma ray burst is about as much energy as the light from a star in our galaxy right but right. um but if it but if it came from really far away then yeah Exactly. I mean, that must have, um, and it probably sprayed that much in all directions, right? Well, we actually don't know about that. We don't know um, 
that much about how they're made. So it could be like um, like blazars and pulsars that they're concentrated in in some directions, like along the magnetic poles. Um, but whatever it is, mm. they're super bright at the source. Because remember, other galaxies are crazy far away. Like other stars are far away inside our galaxy, but other galaxies are like an order of magnitude further away. So to even see those galaxies is hard. You have to add up all the hundreds of billions of stars in those galaxies just to see them. So to see one object from that galaxy being as bright as the star in our galaxy, I mean, the, you have to do the math. It's crazy. Um, no, you. I, I think yeah, you were telling me earlier, you did the math, and it's about one million trillion times brighter than the sun. Exactly. That's how far away these things are. In order for us to see them as bright as a star in our galaxy, they have to be a million trillion times brighter than the sun. Well, that's a fun thing to say, isn't it? A million trillion. Like how- <laughs> you say a gazillion. You know, <laughs> don't even bother. I don't even know how many zeros that is. No. You say a lot. I like saying a million. Like, a how bunch. many scoops of ice cream would you like? A million trillion. <laughs> Just a, a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, more, exactly. than, more than a million. It's, so it's a million times a trillion. It's a million times a trillion times the sun, which is already really bright, you know? Wow. Um, so that, that means there's stuff going on in the universe out there all the time that's a million trillion times brighter than the sun. Yeah, exactly. And so we think they come from other galaxies, but that's a bit of a puzzle, right? Like, why only from other galaxies and not from ours? Um, how are these? What are these things that are making these gamma ray bursts? How can they be so crazy um, powerful? You mean we should be, if they were common in our galaxy, we would be getting them a lot more from the sides of the galaxy, right? Like, we would notice. Yeah, well, either they don't happen very often in which case it's more likely to see them from other galaxies than from ours, right? Because there are more other galaxies than ours, right? Um, or our galaxy is different from other galaxies in some way, which is why we don't see them from our galaxy. Wow. Well, I was, uh, you were telling me also that there's more energy in one second of these gamma ray bursts than possibly all the energy that our sun will give in its entire life. That's right. It's a huge amount of energy. And this is one of the funnest things about space and about astronomy, right? It's just the crazy numbers, you know, like, can you wrap your mind around how much energy is going to be put out by the sun over billions of years? I don't think it's possible for humans to grasp this kind of stuff. I mean, even just the time scale, billions of years, you know, it's hard for humans that live for such a flicker to understand. And then integrate all the energy of this million earth ball of fire and then focus that all into one second. I mean, it's uh, it burns a hole in my mind. Wow. It turns into the Hulk. Yeah, exactly. If you took the Earth, right, and you collided it with the anti-Earth, like a antimatter version of the Earth, right, so you converted all of the mass from the Earth into energy, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy powerful, right? For example, if you collided two raisins, a raisin and an anti-raisin, it would have as much energy as a nuclear weapon, right? So it's a huge amount of energy mm. is stored in a raisin. Now imagine doing that for the Earth, right? You'd have to do that for a hundred right. copies of the Earth to get as much energy as is stored in these gamma ray bursts. Wow. What if you collide a Hulk and an anti-Hulk? <laughs> they both get pissed off. <laughs> they, yeah. <laughs> they would smash it each, each other. To, um, <laughs> right. And, and anti-smash. They would, you know, hook up as well. I don't know, but you are generating a huge list of great ideas for the next Marvel movies. I hope you're, uh, you're patenting these. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo called me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so okay, let's so let's get into what could be generating these gamma ray bursts and are they dangerous? But let's take a quick break. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. All right, so we're talking about gamma ray bursts, which are different than Billy Ray Cyrus. We've established that. <laughs> and that they're also just regular photons, but super highly energetic. And we're getting these crazy bursts from out of space. So, wh- Daniel, what could be causing these bursts? Wh- what could be out there making these that we- we're feeling them so so um, energetic here on Earth? Well, the the short answer is we don't really know very well. We have now recently some hypotheses that might work. But the truth is we don't really know. Um, and remember, there's two kinds of gamma ray bursts. There's the short and the long. The short lasts less than a second, and the long lasts like 30 seconds. And the, the best mm. guesses these days are that the short ones are due to neutron stars that are in a binary system, so they're orbiting each other. And when they, they do this, they lose energy slowly so that they rotate around each other and get closer and closer and closer and eventually collide. And this is exciting stuff astronomically because we recently saw like gravitational waves coming from neutron star collisions and we confirmed that like all of the gold in the universe is probably made in neutron star collisions and all sorts of crazy stuff. Mm. But the um, we think it might also produce these gamma ray bursts because it's a huge amount of energy. And if you read the details about it, it's crazy. That means that there's a short burst, right? They're 0.3 seconds long. And you were saying they generate, like, that's how fast these neutron stars are crashing into each other. It, it, the whole thing lasts about 0.3 seconds. No, it's um, the burst itself, they think, comes from the crust of the neutron stars um, being crushed by the gravitational pressure from the other neutron stars. So remember, if you're close to a really heavy object, you get these tidal forces because gravity acts differently on things further away and closer up. So you basically get massaged. So two neutron stars are like massaging each other just before they collide, which is making the crust of them um, basically shake and crack. So you're getting these like earthquakes on the surface of neutron stars just before they collide that might be generating these crazy fast bursts of gamma rays. I mean, it sounds like science fiction, right? If I pitched that to Marvel, they'd be like, "That's sorry, that's too far out there. But we think that's actually happening. It's really like you're colliding two suns, right? You're exactly. You yeah. take a neutron star, you take another neutron star, and you smash them together, and in that point three seconds, it, it it explodes, right? Yeah, but I have to remind you that in our previous episode about neutron stars, you complained that neutron stars aren't really stars. They should just be called neutron balls because they don't glow. That, okay, so when you smash <laughs> the balls together... <laughs> That's where you get the gamma and, ray uh, I have to say a lot of our listeners on Twitter agreed with you. That they should be called balls? Yeah, exactly. They should be demoted from stars Wait. to balls, yeah. You, you sound surprised that people on Twitter agree with me. <laughs> I'm surprised that people on Twitter agree with anybody. So <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> you've unified social media. <laughs> with overballs. Yeah, exactly. We have located a few of them, like neutron star collisions we can see in other ways, right? We can see them from their gravitational wave 
uh, emissions, though that's pretty rare. Uh, but we can see them from the bright flashes of visible light that they produce. And so the trick has been watching these things for years and basically constructing dedicated satellites that are looking for these things. And the key is that they don't last very long. So what you want to do is as soon as you see one, you got to point all your good telescopes at it. So the science community become much better at that, building dedicated wow. telescopes that look for these things, and then everybody zoop, swivels over to look at it at the same time, wow. which gives you a good view of it. But you only have 0.3 seconds. Yeah, exactly. To catch the you burst. got you got to be fast wow. um, for these really fast ones. And so some of these telescopes are all hooked up, like the Fermi telescope that's orbiting the Earth uh, has a gamma ray burst detector, and when it it's, when it finds something, it immediately sends a message, and then telescopes on Earth point in that direction and try to capture. Um, you know the last bits of the of the burst before it disappears, mm. and also to capture anything else coming from that direction, and that's where we got these clues. We started watching the sky more carefully and seeing what else was coming from the direction of the gamma ray bursts, and that gave people ideas about what could be happening that could be causing them. So you get an idea like, oh, maybe wow. it's neutron stars, in which case we should see this and that and the other thing also, and then they started to pick those things up. Okay, so that's the short burst. That's where they we think they come from. What about the long burst, the 30-second long- the, uh, the ones? Yeah, the long bursts come from super-duper supernovas, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super-duper supernovas. Yeah. Is that the technical? No, the technical. Is that like a million trillion supernovas? <laughs> that's a super-duper ice cream sundae. No, the technical term is a hypernova. A hypernova. Yeah. Oh, man. But I prefer super-duper supernova because it sounds better than supernova. So they're not just a supernova, they're like extra special. They're extra special, extra big, um, big implosions. And this is still something that's not very well understood. Um, You know, why do some supernovas produce gamma ray bursts and some don't? But they did this modeling and they said, okay, if there is a big supernova, then we expect that after the gamma ray burst, we should see a bunch of X-rays because the gas nearby the supernova is going to collide and then emit. And so they did some complicated modeling and made predictions. And in fact, they see this afterglow. After after these long gamma ray bursts, they see X-rays. So those are slightly lower energy photons in the spectrum that they expect if it was a supernova. So it partially answers the question because it tells us these long gamma ray bursts probably come from these crazy hypernovas. But we have hypernovas mm. in the Milky Way, and there's lots of hypernovas, not that many gamma ray bursts. So is it like a special kind of hypernova or only in some cases? No. Or that's the kind of thing they're still trying to figure out. Wait, you saying we need another term, special super duper supernovas. <laughs> All hypernovas are special, Jorge. I don't know why you have to be so judgmental today. What's next? Are you you're gonna have to call go for like hyper special, <laughs> extra cool, super califragilistic cherry on top, super <laughs> duper nova. Yeah, so it's it's still a puzzle. We don't understand it, right? Uh, we don't understand why they're made sometimes. Um, some people think that, that uh, if a supernova collapses like in a certain way, then it creates this cloud of stuff around it, which absorbs the gamma rays, and other times the gamma rays poke through and then shoot out everywhere else. But it would make sense that a supernova or a kilonova or a hypernova or whatever could generate this much energy, because that's a huge mm. event, right? These massive stars imploding. So that, that definitely could explain it. I feel like next time you should start a little bit more modestly so that you have room to grow, you know? <laughs> Mini like nova. if you discover something big, just call it like a, a modest nova or like a, <laughs> just a nova. A regular nova. And then you have room to, to grow. <laughs> no, I like going the, the way McDonald's went for their drink sizes. You know, you start with medium, which is already huge, and then you escalate. Um, yeah, exactly. And so <clears throat> that's, uh, that's probably what's causing it, but we don't really understand mm. it in detail. And it's important that we understand it because we want to understand, like, is one of these things going to happen in the Milky Way? How often are these things going to be hitting us? Do we have to worry? So it's important to understand this stuff. Yeah, it's weird that there would be things that we, we're not, we can't quite explain out there. Yeah, exactly. Especially things that could kill us, right? So uh, it's like I think it's worth funding politicians uh, out there with the purse strings. You know, maybe buy one less fighter jet and uh, pay for another telescope to look at gamma rays. Wait, so could these things kill us? I think you were telling me earlier that uh, you know, if the right concentration hits us at the right moment, it could really fry us and uh, turn us into toast. Yeah, exactly. The key is how far away it happens, right? Mm. So gamma ray bursts from other galaxies, we're far enough away that by the time it gets here, you know, those gamma rays are filling out a sphere that's the size of the distance between galaxies. 
So it's a huge number of gamma rays, a lot of energy, but it's spread out over a huge sphere. If a gamma ray burst happens nearby, yikes, you know, a gamma ray burst could basically sterilize an entire solar system if it happened nearby. Uh, that would be pretty, wow. yeah, we would literally be toast. We would, what, what would the Earth look like? Well, it'd be like a flash sunburn, wouldn't it? Like half the Earth would be okay, but the other half would be toast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Half the Earth would be totally fried and the other half would be okay. Um, yeah, that, that's exactly what would happen. And it depends, again, on the intensity. If it's really, really intense, you know, then it's going to get down through the atmosphere and we're all going to either get fried or get cancer or die pretty quick. Um, if it's slightly less intense, right, our atmosphere does protect us. The ozone in the atmosphere and stuff like that protects us from gamma rays. Like, folks, you out there wondering, if we're getting hit once per day from these gamma rays from other galaxies, why don't we all have cancer already? Well, um, some of us do have cancer and some of that is because of gamma rays, but mostly the atmosphere protects us. And so if it's not too close, then our atmosphere will protect us. But the atmosphere has a limit. Like the gamma rays, they, they use up the ozone. So if you have a really big burst of gamma rays from pretty nearby, not, not close enough that it's going to fry you instantly, but it might use up a lot of the ozone in the atmosphere. And then we'll be sort of left unprotected for a while until the ozone builds back up. So um, that mm. can be a bad situation. Well, I think it, it's interesting to think that maybe uh, you were saying that um, maybe these these could be the limiting factors in in how life could how widespread life could be in the universe, right? Like these are basically kind of a like a check on life in the universe. Like if we didn't have gamma ray bursts, maybe there would be more life out there in the universe. Yeah, it's actually interesting because it goes both ways, right? Like some galaxies, if they have a lot of these stars that are going supernova and making these gamma ray bursts, then it's pretty hard to get life started because it's just so much crazy radiation. On the other hand, you also need a bit of radiation, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, like having a particle fly through and change your DNA is a key element to evolution. It allows us to explore the evolutionary landscape by adding random mutations. So if you had zero radiation, what? then you wouldn't, uh, then evolution wouldn't be as effective. Really? Yeah, you need some it, amount of evolution radiation. Evolution depends on gamma ray bursts. Well, you know, how does evolution work, right? You need your children to be slightly different from you, right? They're not just a combination right. of you and your Doesn't spouse. that happen randomly through biological processes? Like it really, you're saying really needs radiation from outer space? Well, you know, it, there's two main sources there. There's transcription errors, like when the DNA gets copied, there, there are mistakes mm -hmm. that are made. But also, yeah, radiation plays a role as well. And so um, uh, you, wow. would, you would have a slower rate of mutation if you didn't have gamma rays, if you didn't have radiation. And so you wow. could explore different evolutionary paths um, uh, not as quickly if you didn't have radiation. So you want just the right amount of radiation. Right. So I think what you're saying is a physicist here is making a statement that basically we're, we're all Hulk. Is that kind of what you're... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like every human being... <laughs> is kind of like the Hulk. It's not about being the Hulk. It's about the radiation you absorbed along the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so far, the closest gamma ray burst we've ever seen is like 130 million light years away, uh, which is still really, really mm. far away. Which is uh, in another galaxy, right? Yeah, that's in another galaxy. And if one happened in our galaxy, that would be tough. But we think, I mean, the current estimates, these are all really, really rough, but is that there's like one gamma ray burst per galaxy per thousand years. And remember, there's a lot of stars in a galaxy, right? Hundreds, billions of stars. So for wow. one of them to, to give a gamma ray burst every thousand years means it's a pretty rare event. And that makes sense. So the reason we haven't seen any from our Milky Way is probably just that it hasn't happened yet. So wait, if we get an extra special super duper supernova in the Milky Way, that's it, right? We're toast. Well, it depends. Or half you know, of us are the, toast. The Milky Way is a big place. So if it happens on the other side of the Milky Way, it's a big difference than if it happens like next door. Um, also, mm. we think that these gamma ray bursts are directional, that they happen, they, they fly out in jets from the supernova, just like oh, um, yeah, we, from the pulsars and quasars we talked about. So it yeah. might not even be aimed at us. It could happen next door and we could be fine. Or it could uh, fry us. Like it, it spews the, these gamma rays in one direction and it, we, we might get lucky. Exactly. We're basically playing cosmic Russian roulette all the time. See, we brought <laughs> it back you know to Russia. Russians, they're crazy. <laughs> we brought crazy it back to Russian Russia. roulette. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so we don't really know the details of how gamma ray bursts are formed, though we have a lot better understanding than we did a few decades ago. Um, we right. don't know how often they happen. We just sort of hoping that one doesn't happen. But to me, the right. crazy thing... 
is that gamma ray bursts travel at the speed of light. And that has an important consequence. Yeah, because yeah, you wouldn't see it coming, right? Exactly. You can't possibly have any warning, right? Unless you can predict that a star is going to go supernova and give off a gamma ray burst. You're like going to watch every single star and try to predict which one. Mm. Um, there's no advance notice, right? The first right. thing you hear about a gamma ray burst is when it's washing over you and frying your DNA. Right. So there could be one on its way right now. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel a little crazy. <laughs> Toasty. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think, you know, it, it seems like um, there are many surprises out there in the universe and we should be ready for them and we should be um, excited for them and we should appreciate the, the being here and the life we have because, you know, it could really literally be snuffed out in a second at any time. That's true. And, uh, you know, most of these cosmic mysteries just help us understand what a beautiful and crazy place this universe is. Uh, Very few of them are actually going to kill us. And uh, so don't worry about it too much, folks. And there's nothing you can do anyway. So don't worry about it. (laughs) That's right. Just relax. Lower your heart rate. The sun is coming down. Just be at peace like Bruce Banner. There you go. Exactly. We're all Bruce Banner. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge. That's one word. Or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening. And remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.